Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Greater St. Stephen Missionary Baptist Church, coming to your homes live from Portland, Oregon. We are a people of worship, work, and prayer, ready to serve the Lord, ready to serve with the community, and ready to withstand the enemy. for choosing to worship with us today. It is our prayer that during our worship experience that your love for God will be intensified, your faith be stirred, your hands get to clapping, and your feet get to dancing. After this song of preparation, be prepared to join Pastor Kimberly K. Black and the Greater St. Stephen's Church family as we bless the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Come on, clap your hands, all you people. Shout out to God for the voice of triumph. For the Lord is good, for the Lord is great, and he is worthy to be praised. The Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continuously be in my mouth. My soul will make a boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come on, say, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. For the Lord, our God, my God, your God, what is he to you? What is he to you? Well, you need to act like it. Come on and get on your feet. Shout out to God with the voice of triumph because he is good. He woke us up this morning. He clothed us in our right mind. He gave us a portion of our health and our strength. We are here today. And it's only by the grace of God. We didn't have enough money to wake us up this morning, my man. We didn't have enough smarts from the Pharaoh to wake ourselves up this morning. We didn't even hear about our clock, Mother Gloria. It went off and it buzzed a few times. People were talking to us and we really didn't hear them. Do we realize how close to death we be when we be dead? We be close. So anytime your eyes open, your ears open, you ought to give God praise. When your mouth is not glued shut, you ought to open your big mouth and give God praise. Hallelujah! We want to welcome all of you who can take the seat for the presence of the Lord. We honor the presence of the Lord that is here in this place with us. We thank God uh, for our very own deacon, Deacon Ray for Wynn, being in the house on today. Come on, let's go. We 
honor our mothers and our deaconesses, amen, and each of you uh, here in the house with us, and for those of you that have joined us on Blog Talk, amen, I apologize that I didn't send the text out sooner, but you are here at the right time, at the right place. We come to worship the Lord. We come to give Him glory and honor. What is due unto Him? Amen. And so we are asked that you would prepare your hearts and minds now. Sister Kalisha comes with our um, intercessory prayer. Following our intercessory prayer will be a song of preparation. Following that will be our um, scripture reading coming from Luke chapter 8, verses 9 to 14, and our opening prayer by Sister Tanya, and then praise and worship, and then I will be back. Amen. Amen. Sister Robin, it's good to see you on today. Amen. Before I move any further, and before I forget, happy Father's Day to all of our fathers on today that are here in the house with us. What an honor, what a privilege, and a pleasure it is to be able to worship with all of you on today. Amen. Amen. Sister Kamisha is coming at this time. Amen. Let us prepare our hearts to go before the bell of grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, we thank you today, oh, God. We glorify you, oh, God. We magnify you, oh, God. We exalt you, oh, God. We worship you, oh, God. Oh, God, how we love you today, oh, God. Oh, God, we love you with Oh, God, we love you with everything in our being, oh, God. Oh, God, we come today, oh, God, to give you glory and honor, oh, God, because all the glory and honor belongs to you, oh, God. We come today to give you another praise, oh, God, because that's what we were created for, oh, God. We come, oh, God, to give you a sincere worship today, oh, God, for we know that we want to move you, oh, God. We want you to move on our behalf, oh God. We come, oh God, with an expectation of healing, oh God. We come with an expectation of deliverance, oh God. We come with an expectation of shackles being broken, oh God. We come with an expectation of burdens being lifted, oh God. So now, God, we come with an high, oh God. Surrendering this to you, oh God. Our God of peace, oh God. We surrender our minds to you, oh God. We're totally surrendering, oh God. We surrender our hearts to you, oh God. To heaven, oh, oh God. In the name of Jesus, oh God. How we love you today, oh God. How we glorify you today, oh God. We thank you for the rising of the sun, oh God. And setting on the same, oh God. We thank you for touching us this morning with the finger of love, oh God. And touching those 
We pray for this worship experience, oh God, that it gives you glory and honor, oh God, that you begin to pour out your blessings upon us, oh God. We pray for this worship experience to be like none other, oh God. We pray that your Holy Spirit comes in and fills us up, oh God, and we begin to experience like being a fire. Shut up in our clothes, oh God. Oh God, we come with an expectation today. We love you and we praise you, oh God. We worship you, oh God. From the bellies of our being, oh God, we give you glory, oh God. We bless you today, oh God. We worship you, oh God. We thank you, oh God. Oh God, how we love you today, oh God. We clap our hands, oh God. Oh God.
and we lift up our hearts as we offer up this praise unto your name. Mm-hmm. Listen here. Creation declares your glory and the universe declares your majesty. Still you choose to abide in the praises of your Welcome him tonight to this broken vessel. We know that you desire in the praises of your people. So we lift our hands and we lift up our hearts. Yes, we do. As we offer up.
your name. Come on, can we do that right now? Just welcome him. Come on. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Yes, we do, Lord. We magnify your name. Come on, welcome him tonight. Come on, come on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So it says, his disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others are speaking parable so that those seeing they may not see, those hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that falls among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by preserving, produce a crop. So I have read to you Luke 9 through 15. May God add a blessing uh, to the hearers and the doers of his word. I'm also supposed to do opening prayers. Heavenly Father, we just come to you once again this morning, Father God, giving you glory, honor, and praise, Father God. Thank you, Lord God, for traveling mercy, Father God. Thank you for getting us here, Lord God, and protecting those that are on their way, Father God. Father God, we also thank you once again for waking us up this morning if somebody did not wake up, Father God. Father God, we are so grateful, Father God, that we get another opportunity to get it right, Lord God. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your word on today, Lord God, the devotional reading, Father God. Father God, let the word that comes forth today, Lord God, fall on good soil today, Lord God. Lord God, help us to focus on that word, Lord God, and not let the enemy come and steal it, Lord God, or let the word of this world, Lord God, uh, take our focus from it, Father God, yes, put the hand on it, Father God. Father God, I heard today that Peter walked, he didn't walk on water, he walked on your word, Father God. Father God, I heard today, Lord God. Father God, I heard Father God, help us to do what you called us to do, Father God. Help us to lean on the Lord God when things get rough, Lord God, when we feel weary, Father God. Father God, we find strength in your word. We find peace in your word, Lord God. We find joy in your word, Father God. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for the expectation, Lord God, of our hearts today, Lord God, as your word, word comes forth, Father God. And some of us need healing, Lord God, of our bodies, Lord God. Some of us need deliverance from some things, Lord God, that just ain't right, Father yes, God. It yes. does not produce a crop. It does not produce righteousness. Jesus, God. Lord God. Some of us, Father God, need a financial blessing, Father God. Some of us, Father God, just, just need to get to a place, Father God, where we stand under our word. Yes, yes. Father God. Father God, so we are expecting more, God. We are expecting all those things and more, Father God, for you are able, Lord God. You are the Father God, you are the 
be brought with everything we need you to be in the time of that need, Father God. Father God, we know that what you send your word to do is for not return to you, boy, have it more completed, Father God. So we are standing on it. We are expecting that, Father God. We thank you for pastor on this morning, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, for thinking that we can do for God.
how much you love him. How much you need him. How much you desire to be in his presence. You tell him that you want a closer walk with him. You tell him you need him every day, every hour. You tell him. You tell him you want to be available to reduce by him. You tell him that you're grateful, you're thankful. You tell him that you honor him and you appreciate him for who he is in your life. For what he's done for you down through the years. You tell him. Let your eyes think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you. It wasn't your mother, it wasn't your father, it wasn't your sister, it wasn't your brother, it wasn't your who, it wasn't your husband, it wasn't your wife. He wasn't even your children. It was God. We worship him because of who he is today. Hallelujah.
used to want her, but he did something else for her. So we all have a reason to praise him. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm going to, uh, before we sing our next song, I want to uh, turn it. Let me get that from my God. Oh, everybody. You can take your seat before we go to our next song. It's, um, we worship. Do you see that? There we go. It's funny. Do you see that? Okay, hold on. Okay. I want to honor, I'm going to honor our guests that we have in the house with us on today. Um, we have the first time worshiper in the house. We might have one on the phone, but we want to take our time to honor and worship our guests and let them know that we are truly grateful to God that they are here with us and that we are here in the presence of the Lord to do nothing but magnify Him and to lift Him up. Amen. So, in the house, if you're on blog talk this morning, and you are a first-time worshiper, we would like for you to press 1 on your phone so that we can bring you on live, that you can say a good morning or good afternoon to us. If you're on blog talk and this is your first time worshiping with us, press 1 on your phone, and we can bring you on live. Amen. We're truly grateful that you are joined us. We're hoping and praying that one day we'll be able to see the face Amen. We want to see your face. We want to see you say hallelujah. We want to see you dance around the room like you dance around the room at the house. Amen. Because for those of you that are here in the city of Portland, we hope that you will one day join us for worship here in the house. So we're truly grateful to God. We don't have anybody on the line, so everybody's family. Uh, we want to welcome Brother Troy Thompson, amen, all the way from Trapdale, Oregon, amen. Our 
lesson today. The writer says, by the end of this lesson, we will know that God expects worship from the heart. We will know that God expects worship from the heart. And we will understand that God is worthy to be praised. And that praise to God comes from the heart. Now, we were singing because of who you are and give you glory. Anybody can sing. But a true worshiper, when they sing those words, it resonates something inside of them, and it causes them to really stop and give God praise. Praise is what moves God. Worship is what moves God. That's what he wants from us. He don't want lip service. He wants the worship to be real, true, not meaningless. So we're going to listen to this song. We're going to sing this song, um, and, and then we're going to jump into our lesson. Remember, by the end of this lesson, we will know that God expects worship from the heart. And we will understand that God is worthy to be praised. And that praise comes from the heart. You brought the story on the book back there? Okay, amen.
Amen. And then the last word, magnify. I like this. This is my favorite scripture, Psalms 34. Magnify means to make large. Magnify means to make big. So we make God bigger than our problems, bigger than our situation, bigger than our circumstances. He already knows what we're going through. All he wants us to do is honor him, glorify him, magnify him, and worship him. This lesson today is to help us evaluate our level of worship. Worship consists of all of those three things I just gave us. Honor, glory, and magnify. We've been reading from the book of Isaiah for the last three Sundays. I want to give us a little background on Isaiah. Anybody remember anything from the first Sunday or from your reading this week about Isaiah? Did you believe anything? Is there anything about this book that you picked up on? Isaiah is a major prophet. All right? That's one of the facts that we need to know about Isaiah. He is a major prophet. The book of Isaiah mirrors the Bible. What does that mean? Okay, Brother Carroll says it reflects the same thing. What, 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 well, let's, let's bring it down. There's 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah. How many books are there in the Bible? 66. It's broken down into two parts. Verses, chapters 1 to 39 is one section, and then from 40 to 66 is another section. The Bible is broken down into how many sections? Two sections. And they're called what? Old Testament, New Testament. So it mirrors the Bible. The, the, the theme, there are themes in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah talks a lot about social justice. He talks about um, the nature and the characteristics and the love of God. Right? And he also, and one more, Uses a lot of imagery, things to catch our attention. For example, he walked around for three years. How did he walk around for three years? Huh? All right, come on, y'all. Y'all was here with me. You heard that. You read that. He walked around naked for three years because God told him to. Isaiah was a mouthpiece for God. Bible calls him a seer. God would talk to him, and then he would go talk to the children of Israel. This book is also a book of warning against the impending judgment 
on the children of Israel because of their disobedience to God. When you read through the book of Isaiah, you will hear a lot of woe. Hold up, wait a minute, pay attention. Because they have got off track. They have forsaken their God. They have forgot to honor him. They have forgot to glorify him. They forgot to magnify him. They forgot to worship him. And he had enough. He said, I'm a jealous God. Beside me, there will be no other. Because did nobody else turn water into wine. Nobody else dried up the Red Sea. Nobody else healed the leper. Nobody else brought forth the plagues and saw the plagues come and go. Nobody but God. Nobody but God spoke and created the world to be. You will also find in the book of Isaiah that it is a book of hope and restoration. A book of hope and restoration to the children of Israel. During this period of time, they had been held captive by the Babylonians. They were in exile. They escaped from Pharaoh, but yet again still, because of their waywardness, their hard-headedness, and their disobedience, they got taken over again. Now the Babylonians will tell them what to do. And so during this time, Isaiah was the seer of them. He was the one coming to bring warning, one coming to bring instruction, one coming to bring direction. In our lesson today, Isaiah chapter 49, Isaiah speaks about spiritual weakness. Tell yourself the truth. Are you as spiritually strong as you should be? Tell yourself the truth. Are you as spiritually strong as you should be? Well, Pastor, what do you mean spiritually strong? I come to church. I give my time. But can I tell you that it's not enough? That's good to come to church. We want you to come to church. You need to be at church. But there's more to it when we talk about being spiritually dead or spiritually awakened. How often do you study your word? How often do you pray and fast? We got the praying part down. But do we fast? Are we seeking God for everything that we need to do or say or go? Are we truly honoring him through the things that come out of our mouth? With the way we treat each other. With the way we serve one another. All of this has to do with our spiritual well-being. And we can be um, 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 unbalanced 
Have you ever heard of someone being chemically unbalanced? Well, we can be spiritually unbalanced. Because we've got two and three together, but four, five, and six are lacking, and oh, don't look at seven, eight, nine, and ten. So, our lesson today talks about worship. Can anybody tell me the first time worship is mentioned in the Bible? She did. She's looking at her. Book. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for that quick response. Genesis with Adam and Eve. Look at chapter 4. Look at Genesis chapter 4. My Bible is over on the other side. But y'all turn to Genesis chapter 4. When you study the Word of God, even when you study the Sunday schools, you still need the Bible, okay? Because they tell you where to go and what to look at. Genesis chapter 4, looking at verse 2. No, I don't want to read this. Genesis chapter 4. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation so we can get a very good understanding. Remember, when you're studying the Bible, you read from two or three translations, right? Read from the King James, read from the New Living Translation, read from the Amplified. You can even Google, but don't stop right here. Don't let reading from this commentary be the only place you read it from. Because they may have missed the word. They may have left out a word. They ain't perfect in the Bible. Genesis 4, verses 2, and I'm reading from the New Living Bible. It says, uh, her next child was her was his brother Abel. So this is talking about Cain and Abel. So the, about Adam and Eve had two children, Cain and Abel. And it says, Abel became a shepherd while Cain was a farmer. At harvest time, Cain brought the Lord a gift of his farm produce. And Abel brought the fatty cut of meat from his best land and presented them to the Lord. And the Lord accepted Abel's offering. Go back. They both brought one, but the Lord only accepted one. The Lord accepted Abel's offering, but not Cain's. This made Cain both dejected and very angry, and his face grew dark with fury. The Lord said, why are you angry? Why is your face so dark with rage? It can be bright with joy if you will do what you should. He refused, the Bible says. God told him, you refuse to obey. You refuse to watch out. Sin is waiting to attack you. Sin is longing to destroy you. But you can Conquer it. So 
So we must not only sing the song, read the scripture, but we must obey what they say. Y'all hear that? Because with our disobedience comes consequences. Because he didn't obey God, he just brought God what he felt was, okay, here you go. That's like us. I'm just going to church today. I ain't putting nothing in and I ain't taking nothing out. Beware. Be careful. Because there's consequences. God is not going to hear that type of praise. Your praise can either be polluted or it can be right, pure, perfect. How can, I, how can my praise be perfect and I'm unperfect? Well, God knows your heart. And if your praise comes from your heart, that's what he honors. Let's read the scripture. Let's read the scripture. Isaiah 29, chapter 29. And we're starting at verse 9, and I'm going to, well, I'm, I'm going to read it from the Living Bible. I'm going to start at verse 1. I'm going to start at verse 1 so you can get a good understanding of what they were saying. Verse 1 says, Woe to Jerusalem! Woe to Jerusalem, the city of David! Year to year you make your many offerings, but I send heavy judgment upon you, and there will be weeping and sorrow. For Jerusalem shall become, as her name, Ariel. Ariel means an altar covered with blood. Verse 3 says, I will be your enemy. I will surround Jerusalem, and they seize against it, and build forts around it to destroy it. Verse 4 says, Your voice will whisper like a ghost from the earth, where you lie buried. Verse 5 says, but suddenly your ruthless enemies will be driven away like chaff before the wind. Verse 7, 6 says, in, in, in an instant, I, the Lord of hosts, will come upon them with thunder, earthquake, whirlwind, and fire. Verse 7 says, and all the nations fighting Jerusalem will vanish like a dream. Look at God. He knows that they are troublemakers. He knows that they are disobedient. He knows that they are hard-headed. He knows that they are wayward. But he will come to their rescue. Verse 8 says, As a hungry man dreams of eating, but is still hungry, and as a thirsty man dreams of drinking, but is still faint from thirst, when he wakes up, so your enemies will dream of victorious conquerors, but to all to no avail. Your enemies are going to be dreaming about taking you out, destroying your stuff, killing your stuff, just throwing you down to the dogs. They're going to be dreaming about it. But God says, it's not true. I'm not going to let it happen. I'm not going to let the enemy come in, even though he's coming in like a flood to take you out. He said, I'm going to lift up the standards if you praise me, if you're 
not just one time, but all the time. Verse 9. And, and, and I, I, I want to read verse 9 from the King James Version because it gives us some, some, some specific, specific instructions. He said, stay yourself. Don't, don't get out of character. Don't lose the hope. Don't lose faith. But stay yourself. Be steadfast. I'm movable. Always abounding in the word of the Lord. Knowing that your labor is not in vain. Stay yourself. Be steadfast. Be rooted and grounded in the word of God. Always have a praise coming out of your mouth. Always have blood up in your heart. Stay yourself. That's what I got there. When trouble comes, stay yourself. When the enemy comes, stay yourself. Stay true to God. Then he says, and one day, cry ye out and cry. People don't think you're drunk. Not with wine. But with the Holy Ghost. Because you have committed yourself to the Word of God. You have committed yourself to praying, fasting, and the study of His Word. You committed yourself to singing songs and hymns and melodies. Not just to yourself, with yourself, but with the congregation. Hebrews says, forsake not thyself with the assembly of the saints. When we don't come to church, we're being disobedient to the word of God. Amen. When we find 110 different things to do, when it's time to come to church, when it's time to pray, when it's time for Bible study, we are being disobedient. Because that's what not thyself. With the assembly of the saints. We get on Zoom and some of us don't call in. We get on a conference call and some of us don't call in. The doors of the church are open once a week. And we are going to come to We got to be obedient to the word of God. We got to love each other. Love one another. Serve each other. Serve one another. We only want to serve the people that look like us. We only want to help the people that come from us. Well, these, these are my children, so I'm, I'm going to give it to me. I ain't worried about your children. Your children get it when they get it. So we've got to be helpers one to another. Verse 10 says, uh, the Lord will pour out unto you the spirit of a deep sleep. When we don't do verse 9, he will cause a deep sleep to come upon us. Well, what, what do you mean, Pastor? What do you mean by a deep sleep? If he will cause us to be spiritually blind and spiritually dead. And our understanding of God will be justified. That's what that means, a deep sleep. Uh, in Romans, Romans talks about being turned into a reprobated mind. That's when you think you're right 
is, is right. You know, you think your wrong is right, and your right is wrong. Now that, 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 that means it's okay for me to cuss you out today because I'm right. That's wrong to lift you. Because cussing and praise don't come out of the same mouth. And you ever see what you're but we gotta be obedient to the word of God. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta live right because we don't want to get to this place that God puts us in a deep sleep. We won't understand what the preacher is saying. We won't understand what the teacher is saying. We won't even understand what we're trying to read. What we're trying to get right. That's that's what you in trouble in. When you're trying to get yourself right and you don't understand the direction. Okay, let me, let me break it down again. Um, you, you want to please the Lord. You want to seek Him. You got this, you got this quickening in you to want to be right. And so you pick up your Bible and you're trying to read it. But, but that quickening is still there. That hungering is still there. That thirsting is still there. It's going to come a time that we put you in a deep sleep. You don't even want to get right. When you want to get right. Mm. Am I helping somebody here? Because you don't want to walk right. You don't want to walk right. You don't say it's too late, boo. I already put you to sleep. You got to wait till I feel like waiting you up. But he'll put a deep sleep on us. At verse 10, close our eyes. The prophets, the rulers, and the seers, he'll cover them. So they're the ones that got their ears pressed to the heart of God. He says, and, and, and in the vision, verse 11 says, in, in the vision, and I'm, I'm reading back from the New Living Translation. He says, um, so all of these future events are in a sealed book to them. When you give it to one who can read, he says, I can't, for it's sealed. When you give it to another, he says, sorry, I can't read. So that, that's what he says. You won't even be given to the Bible, and you'll read it, but you won't understand it. You'll be given the Bible, and you'll, and you'll look at it, but the page, the, the, the words will be running together. You won't even be able to read it. Not because you don't know how to read, because God has put you in a deep sleep. Verse says, and so the Lord says, since these people say they are mine, but they do not obey me, since their works are not to mere words, learned by root. Therefore, I will take awesome vengeance on those hypocrites and make their wise counselors as fools. I want, I want to pause right here, um, and, and I need to read verse 13 is where I need to go. So, so God is saying, this is what I'm going to do. And, and you know what? We're living in these times right now. People who have obeyed God back in the day now are, are, are living on their own accord. They're not honoring him. They're not worshiping him. They're not glorifying him. They're not magnifying him. Because I'm 
and we were created to worship him. He is the Holy of Holies. He is the Lord God Almighty. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. In him there is no other, and no other shall be. Our mouth is a portrait of, of, of a manifestation of an individual's character and disposition, whether good or bad. You see that? In reference to people, the mouth is portrayed as a manifestation of an individual's character and disposition, whether good or bad. So the stuff that comes out of your mouth, it can be good or it can be bad. But it speaks what? To your character. To who you are. The heart. Commonly used for the center of a person's interest or immaterial nature. In the Bible, the whole spectrum of human emotion is attributed to the heart. The stomach and the intestines. But it's not what goes in the body that defiles the body, but what comes out. But what we put in, it, it, I mean, okay, yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't eat too much pork because you get high blood pressure. And you can't, if you're diabetic, you can't have too much sugar, you can't have too much liquid because it do something to you, right? So, so there are things that we do put in that do hurt us. And if we're not careful, it will kill us. And if that's come out of our mouth, it can do the same thing. Because the power of life and death is in the tongue. So our heart, our mind, and our mouth all must be in agreement. It starts in the heart. If our heart is not pure, our mind ain't going to think things that are pure. And if our mind ain't thinking things that are pure, our mouth ain't going to say stuff that's pure. Y'all saw how that works? So it starts in the heart. Not the heart that needs to give us blood, but the heart that rests in our subconscious mind that tells us to do what is right. To tell us to say what is right. To tell us to go the way that is right. So I want you to do something for me this week because um, this is a really personal lesson. It's a personal lesson to help us evaluate our level of work. It's easy to allow our personal relationship with God to be degenerated into a righteous ritual. It's easy for us to pick up our Bibles on Sunday mornings and come to church. It's easy for us to come to church and because the pastor says, say hallelujah, you open your mouth and say hallelujah. That's easy. We find ourselves going to church 
and going through the motions. True heartfelt worship begins with obedience. It is sustained by our daily communion and bursts forth in our outpouring of public worship. That's in your book, page 479, right above the number three. The warning to be religious. Religious people are hypocrites. And we don't want to be hypocrites. We want our worship to be real. It's a very last paragraph. Do you see that? It is so very easy to allow our personal relationship with Christ. You saw that? Not like that. Because we don't want to get to that place. We don't want our relationship to be one that is going through the motions. We want it to be real. Genuine. We don't want to have meaningless worship with God. That's my first point. My second point is we have to be spiritually healthy. I only have two points today. We don't want to have meaningless worship. We don't want to just go through the motions. Because going through the motions, we could all stay at home and listen to the raindrops. Cuddle up with a blanket on the couch. And a nice cup of coffee. Watching a Netflix. But we don't want to be motion. We don't want it to be uh, a ritual. We should have had a desire to come to the house of the Lord today. We should have had a desire to experience the presence of God today. We should have had a desire to touch the Lord in garment to be made home. We should have had a desire to be among the saints, congregating with each other, being in fellowship with each other, worshiping the Lord our God, and getting strength, being made stronger. So my next point today is that we don't want to be spiritually dead. We don't want to be rebellious. We don't want to be empty. We don't want to be arrogant. We don't want to be ignorant. We want to truly worship God in spirit and in truth. And the way that we do that is by submitting our lives to him, cultivating a relationship with him, and humbling ourselves to the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. That's on page 480, the last paragraph above the description. You should highlight that in your book, so that the next time you open your book and you want to talk about worship, you got some tips to talk about. Point to talk with. Yeah. So I want you to do this for me this week, the next seven days. Does everybody know how to set an alarm on your cell phone? Okay. Oh, my, my little man knows how to set an alarm. So for those of you that need help, aid and help people, he knows how to set an alarm on your cell phone. All right? So if anybody needs help today, who are you going to see? Go see Brother Aiden, okay? 
because he knows how to set the alarm on the telephone. And this is what I want you to do for, for yourself this week. For the next seven days, set an alarm to go off. And for 24 minutes, you are worshiping the Lord. Well, I don't know how to do that. What's the song we just heard? We worship you. We worship you, O Lord. We honor you. We honor you, O Lord. We glorify. We glorify you, O Lord. We magnify. We magnify you, O Lord. For the next seven days, seven along, it goes off at the same time every day. And for 24 minutes, you can also set your watch, your watch, your phone, for 24 minutes so you don't go over. God will fill up your time. I know some of us, when we say 30 minutes, that's what you need. Crocodile, 30 minutes. Done. She talked for 32, I'm done. I ain't listening no more. Set your time for 24 minutes to worship God. You're not telling him to do anything. You're not telling him to go anywhere. You're not telling him that you need anything. You are worshiping God. Well, Pastor Black, what are some, some things that I can do to say for worship? Hallelujah. Lord, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. You are amazing. You are wonderful. You are awesome. You are magnificent. Read Psalm 34. Read Psalm 100. Good afternoon, Sister Liberty. I love you. Read Psalm 100. This, this is how we worship the Lord. This is how we move from being hypocritical to being true worshipers. This is how we move from doing things out of habit to being true worshipers. This is how we, we move from just doing things because it's the norm, this is what I'm used to doing, to make it into something I just got to do. I'm used to going to church. I'm used to getting up. But there should be something in us that just wants to worship. So for the next seven days, you're going to set a time. It's going to go off the same time every day. And for 24 minutes, you are going to worship God. You don't need a crowd. You don't need, you know, a bunch of music. If you need it, turn it on. We play songs today. That was worship songs. I did that in Tinsel. Because of who you are, I give you glory. Google it. Welcome to this place. Google it. You can't Google the last song because it was recorded by the Butterfield. They recorded that. We worship you. You might can Google it and find it out. You probably can. I don't know. But they recorded it themselves. But great hand does a lot of worship. Here's the power of Walker does a lot of worship. 
William Murphy does a lot of worship. You want to find something that will help you worship. Talking about the splendor and the beauty of God, who he is, what he's done. It's not I'm holding out, I'm sold out, that ain't worship. Nine, nine and a half months, that ain't worship. Rain on us, that wouldn't be worship either. It's a, it's, a, it's a cry of worship, but you still ask him to do something. Yeah, we want him to rain on us, but we need to get to a place that we can appreciate the rain. So we can't say I worship in vain. You use words to say, I love you, I lift you up, I magnify you, I glorify you, I exalt you. You're awesome, you're amazing, you're magnificent, you're wonderful, you're gracious, you're kind, you're faithful, you're good. I love you. You're the lover of my soul. I appreciate you. You're a big God, you're a mighty God, you're an amazing God. Go to my worship word. Did I give you some worship words? Will I help us out today? So we all can do that for 24 minutes for the next seven days. I guarantee you this. By the end of those seven days, you will have a shifting in your worship. Not just the way you come in here and sing, but the way you live. Because you won't be so quick to cut somebody out. For 24 minutes of being in worship. You've got some good words to say. Thank the Lord of history. <laughs> let's let's elevate our worship. Let's 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 do some home improvement to our worship. Let me see. I, I did have some questions that I was gonna uh, maybe I'll do it later. I'll save it for next week. Maybe Wednesday night we'll talk about these questions. Well, we, we want to, we don't want to be spiritually blind. We want to have worship that impacts God and the atmosphere we're in. I guarantee you, if some hell break out at work and you go in your cubicle or go to the bathroom and have a worship session, when you get back, it's so much change. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for our time of worship. We thank you for our coming together. We pray, God, that we will be committed and obedient to your word this week. That we will find ourselves worshiping you every day this week at an appointed time, at a designated time, for 24 minutes, because you are worthy of all the glory, honor, and praise. And we give you the highest praise. We thank you, we bless you, and we give you all the glory. And now, with the grace of God, and the peace of the Lord, and the Holy Spirit, bless you and abide with us this time and forevermore. What I say to one, I say to all. Watch, pray, and worship every day. Be blessed, my brother. Be blessed, my sister. Have a good day. Tell them we were born to worship. 
Look at him and tell him, we live to worship. Hasha. Hasha. Sometimes you gotta say, ooh. 
confusing when you go silent on it. Uh-huh. Now crawl over your mouth and say, oh. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes. Only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 